0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay? Well, listen here.
1: Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 3, Episode 4 of Love During Lockup. On this episode, Brittany needs Andy to visit so she can see her daughter. Jade meets Chris's niece and some other family members. Letitia talks to Keith about a post Renika moves to Atlanta with her two daughters, and Savannah tries to manipulate Jake into getting married. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating, and if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day Mk, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy.
0: Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are things going with you? Good. Uh, we are in person.
1: Because we are in California this weekend. Yes, I am in
0: California. Visit and do like one of our. I feel like we do it like two, three times a year, where we get to do this in person. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. Usually AP reading. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then then
0: some other time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, let's get let's just get started with the groups. Um, And I'm going to start with Letitia or Letitia. I can't decide which way it's actually pronounced because I feel like (laughs) they say Letitia, but then everybody calls her Tisha for short. So maybe it's Letitia. But anyway, she's packing up to go visit her husband Keith. And she's having trouble doing so, at least picking things out, because the prison dress code, which is like you can't wear khakis, you can't wear camo, you can't wear anything too tight, you can't wear anything see-through, which for her, all those things together means you must dress like a nun. (laughs) So Keith calls and she tells him that she met with the lawyer. Um, We saw that last episode and he told her that – the lawyer told her that Keith really can't be involved with the business in any way because of her – fiduciary responsibilities. Uh, Keith says, though, I don't care what an attorney says. I care (laughs) about my family. Like, I don't care about no attorney, which I feel like if not caring about attorneys might be a good way, might be a reason you end up behind bars. Uh, Anyway, so she brings up the other thing that the lawyer uh, mentioned, when that's a possibility of maybe they have a post-nup in in case things go the way she says, goes left. And she, she was like, goes left with the business? What goes up with the marriage? And she was like, yes. All of them. All, everything. <laughs> so even though she says she has no doubt she's 100% committed, they're definitely going to stay married forever. But he just is mad now. He's like, nah, nah, I don't like that. Nope, nope, nope. You're you're speaking bad things into existence. And she's like, what? But he <laughs> says that, a phrase he uses over and over and over again during his frustrated ranting. You know, along with, I don't care about no attorneys. I don't care about attorneys. And she tries to take it back, forget I said it, forget I said it. And he was like, nope, nope. There are some things you can't take back once you say them. You've spoken the bad thing into existence. So anyway, probably not the best way. And then the phone call gets cut off, not because he hangs up, because they ran out of time. So it's probably not the best way to leave off, uh, leave off the last conversation before her visit. But then we see her just driving through the desert in Colorado and then pulling off the side of the road, you know, because they never actually can go onto the prison grounds with the cameras often. Uh, and anyway, especially this prison, which is, she says, the most secure prison in the country. Like, this is where the Unabomber is. Things like that. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So they pull up the tide of the road and she, t- she tells us about her rule bending with the clothes. She doesn't want to quite be nun-like. She wants to make sure her lips taste good. And he gets a little, you know, little tits and ass, like, you know, at least through the clothes. So, oh, and she also calls at this point keeps aunt, who's, teaching, who's taking care of her kids – and to check in, and also tell his aunt about how sexy she wants to look for her Weird. nephew. Which I don't, as a uncle myself, I don't need to hear that. No. As no. <laughs> um, so anyway, so again, then she we, she we don't get to see anything happen. She just pulls in, and before the visit goes on. All right. So this was a very knee jerk response from Keith when he heard about the what the lawyer said. Do you think? It's a possibility he kind of – will kind of hear what she says and like process it and this was just an initial bad reaction or do you think it's going to be like a just nah the whole time from him from Uh, everything?
1: I think it's going to be a nah from him. (laughs) Um, A couple different things. Like I want to separate out the part where he says that, you know, like, well, I don't care what the lawyer says about him being involved in the business. Right. So does he seem to think, well, as long as the family OK with it, even though it is illegal and like irresponsible and bad for business, like as long as the family's OK with it, that's all that matters. Uh-huh. Like, I-, I don't know. Why does he even want to be involved in this business? He doesn't seem like an accountant type.
0: No, I just it, it just seems like he, I don't know that he is OK with being not the breadwinner or not mm-hmm. involved in being it. And he's like, if there's going to be a business, I'm going to be involved. Like, you're not going to have no business and take care of me and things like that. Because you're right. It doesn't make any sense. And it's like, yeah, it's like, well, you know what's probably really bad for the family is if I lose my CPA license and can't run a business anymore. Right. Like, like, that's probably the worst thing that can happen for the family. And that's what you working for the business is going to do.
1: Yeah. So that was like just stupidity, right, on his Mm -hmm. part. Now going to the part where, you know, he's – like, insisting that he doesn't do that. Is that what he is? He's like, I don't do none of that stuff. Like, signing yeah. contracts? I don't do none of that stuff? Well, that's
0: what, what she was. Because last time she was like, oh, I'm a businesswoman. I love contracts. Contracts mm-hmm. are the best. I have contracts for everything. I want a contract involved with everything I do. And he was just like, no, I don't do that.
1: Yeah. And it's just like, uh, okay, um, I don't know. <laughs> like, how are you going to get through life, really, without signing a contract?
0: Well, I mean I, – if his background his background is illegal businesses right? right right and so it seems to me when you run a when you run a legit business contracts are fantastic contracts are great contracts lay everything out and you know then you when you go to court you have good evidence when you run an illegal business writing down what you're doing is yeah. a terrible idea like writing down how much how much drugs i'm delivering to you on what date and having that written down <laughs> and like it's just an awful idea so it, it's like Okay, you don't do that because I don't like writing things. I don't like having, I don't like being watched or being, you know, monitored or having things I go. Makes sense for his old business, but if he's right. trying to get into a legitimate business, that it doesn't make sense anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I just like his reaction to it, I think, is a reaction. But then at the same time, because we're talking about a postnup, I feel like that's not an uncommon reaction, right? A lot of people are very like have feelings about a prenup post-up because it is assuming the situation where you get divorced or separated or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of understand that specific perspective a little bit more because people do get offended. Like you're planning for the failure of our relationship is how a lot of people see it. Right. But I don't know, as someone who has signed a prenup, Mm -hmm. like the way I kind of see it is like, yeah, you know, I, I think it is kind of weird to plan for the failure, but also you just never know what's going to happen. And so it's like, you know, you can have one and never use it. I'm sure there's people out there that have one and never use it. And that's like the mm-hmm. best case scenario. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think, think about all the people who don't have a contract and wished they had one later.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely more of an issue in the various states would have like the, you know, joint property, community property, yeah. right? Because I feel like a lot of times if you're not in that state, it's like the equitable, there's equitable distribution states that you're like your prenup, is specifying the things that the law already specifies, mm. right? Yeah. And that doesn't make as much sense. But, like, it, it, it's also, like, I, I don't know. It, it also seems to me, too, when you get into the prenup, post-nup situation, like, there's other things that can happen to end this marriage that aren't necessarily divorce. Right. Right? And, I, and I, it makes sense for me to have a contract, especially when you have... Children in a family that you're bringing into a marriage, that you're bringing into that marriage to be like, wow, well, I don't want. And yes, this would really fall into a living will as well, Mm -hmm. right? But to, but, and it seems nice to be able to put that out there and be like, hey, if anything happens, you know, you, me, whatever, indifferent, like things that end this marriage. If somebody gets you know killed or anything, that I know what, how people are going to get taken care of. I know my things. That's also a living will, and that's what you generally do in the places. But in this case, I think it's a pretty easy sell to be like, oh, if we have a post nup in place, then that can show that you're completely severed from this business, mm-hmm. and we can go into business in other things together. Yeah, right? and that and but that but that post nup is going to protect my business and allow me to keep running that accountant business and have you involved in the other business which i assume is what you wanted to do and this is a legal way to do that
1: she did not frame it that way and he would have been i think he would have if it was maybe more logical i don't know he does not seem like the most practical logical person so but i feel like if she did spell it out that way he might have been more open to it but i think really and this and this happens a lot too it's like when there is a disparity between people's incomes or sure. what they have, mm-hmm. that's where the prenup kind of feels like it's you like more imbalanced. And it's like, well, who is this for exactly? You know, right. the person with money. The person and with so money, sure. when you try to claim it's protecting both of us, the person who doesn't have anything, in this case, Keith, he's like. Uh-huh, right. How is this protecting me? No, it's protecting you.
0: Right. And that though that's that's totally the case. And mm-hmm. I I feel like and I feel like you tend to have fewer arguments over prenups mm-hmm. when when you're both people are going to the into yeah. the marriage being like, I have a lot of shit at stake here. <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot of things that I have personally at stake. And you know, I and then you can say it's protecting both of us. But yes, right. when you're like protecting me from you getting what from me, because I don't have anything for you to get. Like right. what what is that? Um but I don't know. It's just – the other thing that's that's up with this is a post-nup <laughs> seems a lot harder because if they just go like – if you can be like Keith and be like, nah.
1: <laughs> nah, no, I don't want that. <laughs> I
0: don't want that. Like, yes, if it's a prenup, then you could be like, well, then we're not getting married.
1: Right, like, right. <laughs> but like, what can you really use as leverage in this case? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Definitely. All right, uh, let's move on to Renika and Asante. So Renika is at her sister's house and asks if she's still mad, because if you recall from last week, they had a huge blowout fight um, that got kind of physical. Her sister, Shakola says that she's still pissed off after what happened last night. Renika says her family is crazy as hell and they fight a lot, but they also make up and stick by each other. Renika says that she feels safe and she feels her children are safe with Asante in this situation. Shakola does apologize for saying that Renika was chasing Dick and hopes that she's really chasing a brighter future. Shakola says that she hopes she doesn't have to say she told her so as they hug and say they love each other. Asante has been telling Renika that he wants to get married and he's going to be released in a few days. So uh, Renika is getting ready to leave with her two daughters. But Renika visits her mom Sherry next, who is trying to convince her to stay. Her daughters, Rikia and Jahara, are positive about the move, even though they know they're going to miss their friends and family. At least at first, they (laughs) appear this way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sherry is worried that Renika is trying to hold a man down, knowing very little about him. In the car, Rikia starts throwing attitude and saying she's not excited for this move. Renika thinks that they will understand her decisions and the whys when they're a little bit older. Which, they're not that young either. They're teenagers, 13 and 15. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Renika and her daughters have rented a furnished house until Asante is released very soon, like within the week, so they can pick a place together. Jahara says that she doesn't want him to live with them because she doesn't know him. Mm -hmm. And Renika tries to assure the girls that he's very supportive and loving. Jahara is still skeptical. Renika asks them to give him a chance. The girls are starting school tomorrow. Renika thinks that this will be a good move for them because Atlanta schools are better than Kentucky schools and she just wants them to assimilate as fast as possible. Renika's friend Ray stops by and she's going to be there taking care of the girls for a few days while Renika goes to get Asante from prison. Ray is skeptical that Asante is only talking to Renika because uh, Ray has had experience with a prison boo and it didn't go well. She talks about the prison talk, wanting to get married and that all changes once they're out. Ray insists on checking out Asante. So Ray checks out who he's following on Instagram and they see that some woman posted a phone number on his Instagram post just two weeks before. They call Asante to confront him about it, and he just generally seems
0: confused,
1: which a lot of these people seem – I don't know if it's them playing dumb or they're like, what's going on? Like, what are you talking about?
0: Well, yeah, because especially she didn't – she came out of it – it's not like she was like, so – I was looking at your social media. Right. She was just like, who's this bitch? And you're like, I don't know. What <laughs> and then, to then to he talk tries yeah. to
1: hold up a phone to the camera, which if anyone's ever tried to do that, it's like it's never centered in the same spot that you want. It's always super fuzzy. You're and like, it's like
0: you're and it's shaking. Yeah, yeah you're shaking both bones. Right. And yeah, you're sure. like,
1: what are we looking at exactly? <laughs> so <laughs> so Asante is probably confused what he's looking at, but I don't know. Do you think he's talking to other women as well?
0: I don't know. Um because that one isn't really the evidence that they no, wanted to. No, that be. is
1: not a smoking. Some
0: gun. rando put a for a phone number in his company, not even his DMs, right? Like that doesn't make any sense. Who puts their who? No, wait. a bot, a bot. <laughs> yes, that's, that's who like puts, some kind
1: of sex chat line. Yes, yeah.
0: that's who puts their phone number in right. public message re- replies. Yeah, and like not even DMs for sure. So I'm definitely thinking this is some sort of bot. You know, uh, you know, yes. Kid, OnlyFans cam girl type situation, right, right? right? And so I wouldn't think much of it because it was like, who would who would do that? And you have no evidence that he's interacted with her on the other side. If you we were like, why did this girl put her phone number and you responded, yeah, baby. Or you're like, <laughs> oh, that's right. Like, you know, like, yeah, nah, I have something.
1: Yeah, like really, you just have evidence that girls are throwing themselves at him. But that doesn't really mean reciprocation on the other end. So to go out the gate, like, I don't know, like accusing him of things already. It's like, that's not exactly. Well, Right. Yeah, for somebody, indicted. for
0: somebody that you've been like, com- like just so adamant about, mm-hmm. he's good. He's good. I know he's not doing anything. I know for sure. And they're all like, how do you know for sure? And she's like, I just know. And, and then she- to turn on him like two
1: seconds later, you're just two like. Two seconds later after like.
0: She said daughters. this. She, yeah. After she put up something on Instagram, like that means she never looked at his Instagram. Yeah, like and was still like, I know he's not doing anything sketchy. Like, you don't even have his social media stuff. Like, yeah, because it was it wasn't like this just happened. The number was up two weeks ago. Right. He's like, who was this? Two weeks? Oh my goodness! Of like, I was very, I was a little, very, very confused because because of the way she's so adamant and like goes away, and I don't know it this was weird to me because she keeps talking to people and she's like, I just want people to respect my wishes. And it's like, I'm not sure if it's the right phrase.
1: Like respect my
0: wishes is like, I asked you to park my car in the, the spot and you parked it somewhere <laughs> else. And also you're like respect wishes as like someone who died but we should right. respect their wishes, yeah. you know? Like,
1: Yeah, more like respect her life decisions. But I think the thing that is difficult for everyone to respect her decisions is that her decisions don't just affect her. She has yeah. two kids that at first they kind of seemed like, oh, yeah, OK, we're excited to go. But then we learn pretty quickly that that is not the case. Yeah. These girls do not want to be there. They don't want to live with a man like that. They don't know. Uh-huh. They know nothing about him. They don't seem excited to be like away from their friends and family. And granted, there might be some positives of moving to Atlanta just in general that Renika's is really trying to like push. But, you know, I don't think the girls see it that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I can't. I mean, if you put yourself in their shoes, like I can't. That sounds like the worst case scenario for like a 15-year-old girl. What are you going to oh, do? I'm yeah. going to take you, move you away from all of your friends.
1: Yeah. And family who they're very
0: close to. All your friends, all your family are going to move hours away from everybody. Right? So you're not going to see them anymore. And then I'm going to plop you down. You're going to go to school the next day. Yeah. Which, who knows what school. Right. Because right. I wasn't even – do they – I wasn't even clear like does she actually have a final place she's going to live? Like because they're staying with her friend for – a little while her friend she And we first hear that there's some friend in Atlanta that she right. has. Because everybody's like, you're going out there and going to be all alone. It's like she even isn't. But like – and you're going to go. So are they going to go to this school where their friend lives? And then when she finds a place, then yeah. you go, go to that school, live in a different, different, school. different school. Yeah, Like so she's going to bounce between schools within the school year. And then on top of that, once we finally get a place to live, some random dude is going to be sitting on your couch farting. Like I don't like – Yeah, yeah. Like that's awful. Like –
1: yeah, that it just that whole situation just sounds really bad for the girls, and I, I just the I what I really appreciated about this segment is that, but also thought was really weird was how bad their argument was on the last episode mm-hmm. and how quick they were to like make up.
0: Well, that- I mean,
1: I appreciate like that they're close family but i think that also speaks to how close they are like they can have explosive fights or Mm -hmm. drama made for tv who knows and then uh you know take it back and like i love yous the next day you know and so it's just like to tear the daughters away from the rest of the family like that i think is the biggest deal
0: right i mean and that Part of the reason the fight was so expensive and explosive, and it turned into I love you fast, is they were both shit faced when they were fighting. (laughs) Yeah, right. right. Things things change a little bit when you're when you're, I guess, hung over the next day. Yeah, yeah. It's just I can't with the with the daughters, and like she can, and that's the part that frustrates me. Is she can lie to herself that this guy is everything she wanted, you know? And maybe he is, maybe he will be great. She doesn't know that, right? Right, and that's pretty much what everybody's telling her. Like we understand you going in there with high high hopes. But you don't know the things that you're telling us you know We know right. you don't know them. Yeah. Right? But lying to her daughter, though, when they get older, they'll see this was the right decision. It's like yeah. how much
1: older? They're yeah. like, you know, almost adults anyway. Right.
0: And if it was somebody – like there are certainly situations that a 15-year-old can understand. Wow, this is a much better situation. Right. This guy is really going to take care of my mom. Right. He's going to help take care of us. Like I understand that moving away from the family is tough, but this is a better situation. Yeah. They don't know that. She right. doesn't know that now. Nobody does. Yeah. All right. So speaking of other, I don't know, bad situations, let's talk Andy and Brittany. Gosh. So Andy is just in the rain, sad driving, whatever. He says he's not going to be able to visit Brittany anymore uh, because of the fight they had last time. And he doesn't even know where they stand. So he's not going for visitation and he's just driving home, I guess. So he doesn't understand how – she just thinks he's dishonest because like of one thing that his daughter said. There was just one thing, and now I'm just a dishonest monster? I can't believe it. Oh, my gosh. He thinks that – and he also thinks that his daughters have it all wrong. Like, he was a good father. I mean, they turned out all right, so that had to be – which is, like, number one excuse for bad parents, like, mm-hmm. who get lucky and have a kid that turns out all right. It's like, <laughs> well, you turned out all right. I must have done something okay. So they must be misremembering things. So he gets a call from Brittany while he's in the car. She's calling because – there was a whole like snafu. Like it was originally the visit had two people on it you know, him and her daughter, Gracie. And so Gracie went and tried to take him off the visit. And they were like, well, that's going to cancel the whole visit, not just the two of you. So not just the one person. And then you have to reschedule. And it was a whole thing. So now blah, 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 blah. This all means he has to be there or else Gracie can't get in. So, um, you know, you might as well come because she wants to see your daughter. So he's not happy that, He's, he's being used. Yeah, he, he's, <laughs> he's glad that he's g- gets to visit now and not happy with the only reason he gets to visit is this weird technicality that it's like, you know, not really want him being wanted at all. So, you know, but he thinks that it'll help build up some goodwill because, oh, look what I did. Oh, you didn't even want me to visit and I let you see your daughter. So, and he wants to get – he keeps trying, to, and they're on the phone call, being like, "Oh, that's good, right? So we're good then. Everything's cool." Uh, and she's just like,
1: no, "No, stupid. No, we
0: need to talk." So he tells her, he tells her repeatedly, and us repeatedly that he just he's ready to move forward. We just have to hash these things out. We have an uphill climb. It's not a huge hill, a little bit of an uphill climb, oh but goodness. we're going to hash things out. Um, and then says, you know, I just don't understand. I was blindsided. And then she just goes off on a rant and be like, wait, you were blindsided. I know. No, 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 no. You have this backwards. Yeah. So he's now worried about this visit because he's going to be, you know, it's going to be Brittany. And he's pretty sure that Brittany has been talking to Gracie about all this shit. So like, he's going to poison her mind against him or something. Um. So, you know, that's all there. But then we get a commercial segment where we get to hear Andy trying to write and rehearse. A song that he's making for Britney's release. So it's like a acoustic, just him and an acoustic guitar, and it's not quite country, it's not quite like a rock ballad. It's somewhere in between. It's probably not as embarrassing as they as it could have been given <laughs> the circumstances, but you you know, it's still something that we're like, oh shoot, you have a song. Yeah, you're singing that on TV. Gosh. Okay, so does Andy believe the shit that he's saying, or is he just? Think he can fool us and everybody else? Um,
1: I think a little of everything, right? But I do think his main goal is to, like, fool everyone else. But I also don't think he realizes it's as bad as it is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, yeah, like I said, a little bit of everything. But I really hate this guy. (laughs) I I don't know what – like – It's the fact that he is trying to make it out like he's a victim through this whole thing. Yep. You know, like he's a victim of his kids lying to someone else. Right. And now she's unreasonably mad at him for something that was a lie. It's just like, what is wrong with you? And then um, I also really hate it when people just in general try to really force things to be okay. No, like, Mm -hmm. so we're stable now. We're good. Right. And he's like, keeps on checking in with her like we're good. And she was pretty clear, like, when we get a chance to talk about this, we will talk about this and then we'll figure out if it's good. Right. Because it also sounds like she doesn't want to have this conversation in front of her daughter. So she's not even guaranteeing that they'll have a chance to talk about it during the visit. Mm -hmm. But he seems to think like, you know, like, oh, well, she can just forget about it right now. We can be good. So if I just hear from her, like, we're stable now, we're good. And yeah. I'm just like, why are you even asking that? Like, this is a big deal. And you're like trying to play it off like it's not a big deal, just so that everything's cool in your mind.
0: Well, I mean, he's also making the classic kind of narcissistic mistake of, well, it's not a big deal to me. Right. Therefore, it is not a big deal. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you just, just, just going along with the, yes, that constant like, we're okay. We're good. We're good, and it's like, and after like, I did a bare minimum thing. Like yeah. I'm like agreeing. literally
1: asking you if we're good. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean, that means also, we're good.
0: But also his little like bare minimum thing. I need you to come because they won't let my daughter. I can't see my daughter yeah. unless you're there. Yeah, and he's like, well, okay, I'll go. That means we're good, right? Like that makes up for everything else. And and you're right, just saying like, um, you know, oh, just because of one thing my daughter said, as if as if it was like she had. Made a a weird joke that was taken weird or anything like that. Besides, like, the one thing she said was looking at her in the eye over the camera and being like, our dad abandoned us. Right. (laughs) I guess not like, that's not like one thing you take like lightly, like a a weird little like, well, he told an off color joke and now what? I'm a bad guy. No, like she was like, our dad was an awful dad. He's going to suck with your kids too. I got something to take a little more seriously.
1: Right. Um, I so appreciated that Brittany, like, completely put him in his place. Mm-hmm. Like, when he claims – because, once again, like, trying to make himself to be the victim. Like, I was blindsided by this. And it's like, whoa, hold <laughs> up. What do you mean blindsided? You knew that I was going to talk to your daughters. You shouldn't have been surprised that the daughters, like, felt this way.
0: Yeah. Like, I, that's the me. Like, how, how – do, does he really – did he really – Find out that's how his daughters felt about things I know, Like right? right now, especially given the fact that he had to drive across towns to see her and literally on the trip to see the daughters was like, yeah, I don't really see them much. They don't talk to me much. I was <laughs> like, that's kind of a hint there that they yeah. might not have thought things went as well as you think they went. Um, but like I said, when I was doing the thing, it drives me nuts when like – because everything happens, right? There are good parents who end up with kids that get in a right. lot of trouble things. There are sure. bad parents who, end up, because I've seen it in school, right? right. I have there's, there's parents who their one kid is awesome valedictorian, blah blah blah. The other kid's almost getting expelled, like constantly yeah. throughout their schools, and that happens. It's not really it, so. It drives me kind of crazy when parents are like, "I was a good parent. You turned out all right," and it was like, no. I persevered over your <laughs> shitty parenting. And that's why I turned out all right. Don't take credit for this. <laughs> right. Right.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I mean, I certainly feel like parenting really um, is a lot like mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like how a person is shaped, but you will always have those outliers. Yes, for sure. You know? So you can't just say like, oh, well, I was the best parent ever because this. Kid Well, who knows? They could have been right. one of the outliers. Right.
0: Oh, and it's one of those things, too. It's like, you know, you just I've seen people who are like, I've been in therapy for 10 years yeah. to deal with the shit you did to me. Don't come out and say, I must also been an okay parent. Like, no. <laughs> right. Stop it.
1: Yeah. Because, yeah, just surface level stuff, like on paper, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what do you mean you turned out okay? Like, they're a contributing member to society. They're not in prison. Yeah. They are educated and have a job. Like, is that what you're considering, like... You turned turned out out okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's move on to Jade and Chris. So Jade and her sister, Jessica, are going to visit Chris. His mom, aunt, and nieces will be there as well because they referred to a prison powwow for Native Americans um, where they'll be able to uh, see kind of all the family. Jade calls Chris on speakerphone and Jessica says that she wants to mend things when she sees him. Chris says that actions speak louder than words. He tells Jade that Jessica will need to keep her attitude in check. Mm. Jessica says that she'll be civil. Jade says that Chris got moved to a medium security prison, so rules are more strict. So she is a little worried about what an altercation might do during the visit. Chris then tells Jade that his family doesn't want to meet her and he can't force them to. Jade feels that she, sh- uh, she should be able to see his family since she flew from Florida to Minnesota for his visit. Chris claims to not know what the issue is. Jade has met some of Chris's family members, but she's never had positive interactions with his mom specifically. His mom has given her back a Christmas present, claiming to not like it, which really hurt her feelings. Jade thinks that his mom is snobby. Chris says that his mom has been around for a lot of his exes who have used him for money. Jade and Jessica are tailgating to give themselves some liquid courage for meeting Chris's family. Jade and Jessica meet up with Chris's nieces, which I apologize in advance. I didn't get her name. And she's (laughs) in this quite a bit. I could have rewound, but at that point, it was just like
0: just too too late. (laughs) late.
1: Uh, Jade makes a comment about how Chris's mom doesn't like her. And the niece just kind of smiles and nods and says that. Chris has put his mom through a lot. Denise asks if Jade has a job and if there's a prenup. And Jessica asks if the family thinks that Jade is a gold digger. And that's where these questions are coming from. Mm-hmm. And Denise says that uh, really it's not the money, but the social media is more of an issue. We get a clip of Jade, one of her social media posts showing off the gifts that Chris has sent her and putting an estimated price on everything. And the niece says that they were raised to keep things private, especially because flaunting their wealth and being flashy looks bad on the tribe. Jade never considered that that was the reason that the family didn't like her. Jade thinks that if she was using him, that they wouldn't have been together for five years. And the niece thinks that Jade needs to try harder to be present if she wants a relationship with his family, meaning you know, she should uh, come to Minnesota more often because it sounds like she doesn't really make the effort. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, Jade's like rationale of, oh, I'm not using him because I've been together with him for five years. I think it's ridiculous.
0: It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You
1: always see like these gold digger types where it's like your geriatric husband uh-huh. And you got a young, and they're just waiting for that guy to die. And it's yes. like that's not, that might not be next year. That might be ten years from now. It's right. not your entire life. Well,
0: and this one, <laughs> and this one's even like work. Not uh, is even different because it's not just like, um, you know, oh, I have to live with this guy. But right. like, you literally are just like. How, why would I be with him for five years? It's like, because you get a shit ton of money for doing right. absolutely nothing. You don't even have to live with him yeah. or sleep with him. Or you just have like have a couple phone conversations. Like, yeah, of course you would stay in there for five years. Like, yeah. why, why would you not, you're just getting free money. Why would I continue to get free money if I wasn't really into it? And it's like, because you're getting free money. Yeah. Like that doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't add up at all. And I definitely agree with the nieces like that whole The influencer thing is one thing that, you know, we all roll our eyes at, right? right? But it's super tacky to be like, here's this thing. It costs this much. This must have cost about this much. Here's this other thing. This probably costs about this much.
1: That's so obnoxious. Like who's following her? Like, you know, usually there's like, I don't know, an educational component, a funny component. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, for people that have a lot of followers and are pretty successful on social media – Um, Or even like just advertising. But it just sounded like he's giving her gifts and she's like, this is more than a car payment. Right. And like, look at how nice this is. Because it
0: wasn't like – I feel like most influencers are like, wow, look at this, you know, new – I don't know. Look at this jewelry that I got, right? Oh, this thing. I really love it. It's awesome. It goes with so much stuff. Here's where I bought it. Here's where you can find it. You know, get it yourself. And then you might mention the price. Right. But she's just like – Look at how much – how expensive everything I'm wearing is. Yeah. Look
1: what he bought me. And definitely the focus. And I think her – from what I recall, her social media is supposed to be like almost like a prison wives kind of thing. Uh huh. And it's like who's following you? This is not a typical prison wives situation where you just get a shit ton of money and gifts. Like most people in prison don't have the means to do that. Right. So this isn't even like – I don't know, like it also, reaching it also, an audience.
0: And it also bugs me because it uses a lot of the same beats, maybe not with the, the um, you know, the gifts and stuff, but she keeps saying prison wife, like kind of the same way people say military wife." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Definitely.
0: Like, you know, it's military wife, that's so hard, I'm doing – holding things together, but mm-hmm. – There's a very large difference between having your husband. Like a husband that you're like, you know, I'm holding this house together while my husband is, you know, overseas fighting for our country. Like is one thing versus I'm holding our house together while my husband uh, pays his debts to society for robbing a bank. Like that's that's
1: very different. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, i just – I agree with his family, the social media that's tacky. It is flashy. It must look – poorly on the try. Yeah, and I didn't
0: that that's obviously something I didn't consider either. Right. Yeah. If if there's already this stereotype out there that they're figuring out that, you know, oh, well we gave the we gave, you know, we gave the Native Americans casinos and now we're just rolling in money yeah. without doing anything anything of value. And they just what well, do we have to worry about them at all? They're they're just they're just so loaded. Right. And they're certainly not like right. there's Poverty in the Native American community oh, is sure. a huge problem, mm-hmm. right? And, and and when people's only interaction with, with that is, oh, this one guy who's in, literally in prison yeah. is buying her a bucket of flowers that cost more than cars, like yeah. then why would we consider the poverty? So, I mean, I, that's certainly something that she ought to have – she ought to have been aware of before that. Yeah. But I also couldn't figure out what was going on with the family because it seems like they're simultaneously – ignoring her and saying you need to be more involved. Like, and I, I, it doesn't make sense to me because she's like, at the beginning, we, we ended with Denise uh-huh. saying like, well, if you made more of an effort to thing, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. And But the beginning, it's Chris saying like, I can't make my family talk to you.
1: Yeah, like, I think it's like a weird in between because I think the family kind of sees it as, you know, she doesn't put in effort, like she's really not in it. For mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, long term. Because the family's going to be there long term, right? Sure. So she's not making an effort like they probably don't see it that way. And so because they don't like her, like mm-hmm. that's why they kind of don't make an effort on their part and they ignore her. And I definitely think they see it as a it's her responsibility to prove herself to the family rather than we need to be welcoming mm-hmm. to her. So I don't know how you're going to break that cycle because it's like. Obviously, you need to be a little bit more receptive. But I think if she came up to Minnesota more often, even if it was just to meet with the family members that could meet with her or were willing to meet with her, that mm-hmm. would probably go a long way with the other family members.
0: Yeah, I mean, they definitely, specifically, seemed to be the mom. But I could also see what you're saying. Like, yeah, we we want you to be more involved. We want you to, if you mm-hmm. if you are really serious about this guy, then you'll be part of where a close knit family. You have to be part of the family. And that goes beyond just being like, why won't they answer me when I text? Yeah. And you're like, well, because they want – that's not right. That's not the way. And you can't just sit where you are in your rich house in Florida and be like, oh, they won't respond to me on social media. So they must not want to be involved. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I just – especially when the niece was asking her about, you know, like having a job and even her justification for – Mm-hmm. Like, not having a job is just kind of like, eh, I don't know. I, th- I can see why the family, like, thinks she's just in it for the
0: money. Yeah. I mean, well, if literally all she ever talks about is she has a huge social media following mm-hmm. and all she talks about is the money. And you'd be yeah. like, I feel like you only talk about the money and you only talk about what the money can give you, right? Instead of and, – and, you know, she tries to – It's one of those things, too. It's like, yeah, you try to – now you're trying to say, oh, it's so hard to be in this – you know, be separated from my husband. I'm trying to do what I can. Now you say that, but publicly in your persona, you don't – you're not doing that. You're not making it seem genuine.
1: Yeah. I think like if she even framed it, it's not even like she has to do anything different, but framed it like, you know, being with him is a job. Because he needs me to be on the phone with him constantly. Well, yes. <laughs> then you yes. know, I feel like she could sell it like that. Like, yeah, like it's not possible for me to have a job. Like, I mean, even thinking about 90-day fiancé Angela and Michael, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like Michael can't work because Angela is so needy of his time. He has to be available, right? Like constantly in communication and so she sends him money and so it's like i feel like that's very much this situation just to a larger extreme it's sure. like her job is basically like talking to this guy whenever he wants to talk
0: and yeah and, she's and, failing
1: at her job right now like not answering this call
0: right and it's but uh, that's also a delicate thing to go to the family like why don't you have a job and it's like oh because you're your your son your uncle is such a jealous needy like person that I have to just be available all the time and therefore my job is just to talk to him like and they that's what's how do you put a positive spin on that that yeah. makes it think like like you actually you know don't hate this person all right so last up we have Savannah and Jake so Savannah is meeting with Christoph the lawyer who. Might be on the sketchier side of the law because when she comes in, he has like a brass knuckles on his desk. Yeah, right. He's like, that's from another case. Yeah. So she's meeting to figure out what is the best way to kind of file word this commutation application that she's been filling out. So they talk about some of the details of Jake's case, how like – I don't know how true any of this is or how much of it is a spin. He broke into apparently the known big marijuana dealer in the neighborhood – broke into the house, stole a bunch of weed, probably a gun. There was a gun there. It's just like, there was a gun present at the scene. I was like, he probably stole the gun too. <laughs> um, but and, and not only that, it was like a home invasion where like the family was home and stuff, and there was threats to kill people involved. And oh, at goodness. the during the trial he literally had to be restrained at the, in the courtroom like because so, he's tried to like come get start beating up witnesses and stuff. God. It was it was not great. So – but she says since then – that was a long time ago. He's been in jail since he was like 18. Um, he seems to have turned things around, gotten, his, gotten things back together because the parole board at the, at the prison unanimously recommended a commutation. But the governor's office rejected it and nobody quite knows why. So Kristoff thinks that there may be something – maybe something she doesn't know that went into the last – probably think the commutation – Maybe there's something missing. Maybe the maybe his family knows about what was what might be missing, so, you know. Or even if one of them has a vendetta, because I imagine if you go, if there was a commutation application, and the you know his aunt was like, no, he's a monster, don't let him out. Like that that might hurt things. So Savannah's trying to. Savannah is blatantly obviously trying to get some more leverage to make this marriage happen. Yeah,
1: pushing an agenda (laughs) for sure. So
0: she kind of – she brings up at the lawyer's office, hey, well, I was thinking maybe if he was married, that would help because it shows blah, 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 right? She has whole reasons that she lists out. And the lawyer basically is like, I don't know. It's not going to hurt probably. That's worth (laughs) a try. Maybe it will show him. Could be. So she leaves the office, though. But her takeaway from that, I don't know, seems like worth it. – I don't know. Not, he didn't even say worth a try. He's like, I don't know. It probably – maybe would help. Well, who knows? Her takeaway from that is the lawyer said we should definitely get married. That is absolutely oh, what happened.
1: She's so annoying.
0: So she also leaves the – she also is pretty sure that his family has something s- suspicious going on. So now she's on the road and uh, Savannah's already telling us about like before anything. She just drives in the road, gets in the car and it was like – well, in order to get married, you have to have a counselor who meets with you like like she had the whole she's going through all the prison not. logistics. Right? So then while she's on the road, you know, before too long, you know, Jake knows that the lawyer, she was meeting the lawyer, so he calls to ask how the lawyer visit goes. So he's like, what did the lawyer say? And the first thing she says is, we should get married. Like, and he's like, what? No, that's... <laughs> he's it, like, I'd like,
1: rather stay in prison.
0: <laughs> like, he's like, he was like, Let's table that and <laughs> we'll talk about something, right? And she's just like, and of course, he sees through it immediately. He was yeah. like, You're trying to leverage this situation into forcing yeah. me into a marriage, right? Yeah. So she asks, like, what about your family? You know, I think he said there might be something up. So, and she also was just like, Well, I don't understand, I don't understand why he doesn't take the legal advice of a legal professional who said we should definitely, certainly get married. That's a whole thing. So anyway, they she asks, like, maybe your family um, would do stuff. Maybe I can just, like, stop by your family. And she's driving to – all this while she's driving to the town, of Waterloo, where his family is from. She's like, maybe I should just stop by and start asking them things. And Jake is like, no, don't do that. That's – and he takes a while to think about it. Intrusive. <laughs> he suggests, you know, if you want, though, you can meet with my buddy, Timmy. Timmy knows what's up. He actually wants me out of jail. Like he knows all bunch of stuff about that was going on. I think working with him is probably better than just pulling into my mom's like driveway and being like, what did you say? Like, <laughs> so anyway, they hang up and she talks about how this trip to Waterloo is – she's hoping it's going to get her answers, but she's still nervous about meeting this like, Timmy guy. So <laughs> I guess – did she think she was being slick? Like, does she think she wasn't completely transparent with what was going on? Oh, my gosh.
1: Um, I don't know. I think she's just trying to be manipulative. I don't think necessarily that it's like, uh, yeah, like he's going to see right through it. Because I think from her perspective, she's just like, well, it'll get him out of prison. And – you know, like, that's what she genuinely thinks. Mm-hmm. I don't know. She is. I think she's one of those people that just needs to hear something and is like, oh, yeah, like, that. that's, like, the plan we should do. Like, yeah. it's exactly what I thought. And it's like, no, you just heard what you wanted
0: to she hear from the lawyer. definitely heard what she wanted to hear. The lawyer was very much like, meh. Like, I guess. Yeah. Like, maybe. Who knows? The lawyer was literally like, I have no idea what's going to help or hurt, so – like it, and and to be fair, he was more like it. Prob it won't hurt. Yeah, but I don't know if it'll help. Yeah, is pretty much what the lawyer's interpretation was. Right, and she took that as the lawyer said we should definitely get married as soon as possible. And it was like that is not what he said. Yeah.
1: She's just ridiculous, and I I think like I don't know their storyline just makes her seem so desperate and right. sad.
0: But it definitely also makes her sound like she's someone who's in love with the idea of being married. Yes, more than definitely in, like love, in love with him.
1: Right. And we had kind of talked about that last week because her whole thing about like, well, I want to be married to someone for fifty years, so I got to marry this guy. Yeah. Like if we're right. both gonna make it to that fifty, and it's just like, well, whoever I'm with right now, that's the person I got to get married. Right. To. She
0: has that. She has that. We saw it on Night of Fiance, like the Darcy like vision board on her oh. head. The only thing it's missing is the groom's face, and it's like yeah. that's should be the most important part i feel oh, like. like that's the part that you want to build on and not like i want all of his stuff around it insert man here
1: yeah like, right yeah i appreciate that jake saw right through it and he's just like quit trying to use my situation to take advantage yeah. yeah to get what take you want take advantage of my situation because it
0: doesn't make it doesn't make me seem it doesn't make her seem like she actually cares about getting him out Right. No. When, when it's like,
1: well, only to get out so they can be married.
0: Right. Yeah. but like, yeah. But that's the married part. Like right. to this point, if I was Jake, I would legitimately be questioning if the lawyer told you, yeah you can, he can either get out or you can get married. She would pick married. Yeah. Like, and like, that's concerning that <laughs> that does not really tell me that you care about me.
1: Right. Um, and then she tries to make it seem like, oh, he's got all these secrets, like something, you know, like the family's not telling me something. I think his whole case, like the both of them, both of them seem like red flags everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like we don't know the entire story um, behind like what he's done, even in prison, like.
0: Right, right. You know, with
1: his family.
0: Well, and I, I think it's, it's not unlikely that this is one of those commutations where it's just like, it's political. Like, I think there might be a, I don't know, I don't know much about the politics of Iowa, but I could imagine a governor being like, no, I'm tough on crime, not commuting anybody's sentence, Yeah, hard on crime, right? And like, they just universally get rejected unless there was some sort of, you know, bonkers like, you know, we found the one-armed man that killed your wife type thing, right? Right, right. But you're not getting that nobody was getting the commutation. And so, you, I could have that. I could have like they said, something else coming up that he doesn't know about, or or just, you know, sorry, it was violent. Like, you're not, I'm not doing that.
1: Right. Right. Okay. So we did not hear from Brittany and Key Rock this week. So, out of the group we saw, who was your student of the week?
0: Um, I'm going to, mm, this is kind of tough because everybody more or less sucked. Well, I'll, I'll say Jake. Okay. Um, because he, he is at least dealing with this. Like I could see someone getting a little more unhinged with her. Like, mm-hmm. well, the married and he was like, Oh my God, stop talking about getting married. Yeah. Like, because he could not be, have been more clear yeah. about where he stands on this marriage thing. And she keeps pushing it. And he is at least staying calm <laughs> and being like, okay, well, thanks. And not having that fight, right. Getting right. to the part where what else did he say?
1: Yeah. Uh, I went with Brittany. Brittany. Um, I think how she kind of, you know, sticks up for herself. She's mm, not sure. pretending, uh, you know, and it would be very easy to kind of like butter up Andy to get what she wants because mm-hmm. what she wants is to see her daughter and she can't really do that without him at this point. Mm-hmm. But she was real with him and I think, you know, putting him in his place when he needed. So how she handled him was the reason why I said Brittany, first student of the week. Yeah. Okay, what about your dunce? So many to
0: choose from. Here. There was. I'm gonna say Keith actually because we didn't hear much from him. But like, just the idea of it, the way he approached being told no, right, mm. for something shows me that this dude. It makes me think that this dude is going right back. Yeah. Right. It was like actually that's illegal. He's like, I don't care if it's illegal. I'm doing it. Like it's like, okay. Well, that's why you go to jail. Like because you don't care if things are illegal or not. And you just do them. And you don't seem to have learned that lesson yet because they're like, the lawyer said no. He's like, I don't listen to lawyers. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe you should. <laughs> Perhaps you should. Yeah.
1: Uh, I think I might have given this to her last week, but I'll say Renika again um, yeah. for different reasons this time around. Just because her daughters are not on board with this plan. And this is something that they should have had a say in.
0: Yeah, I agree with that, yeah. especially at their age. Even when people – there's an appropriate amount of say you can right. have in things, right? But as they get older, yeah. Like it gets – we've said that before. It's – it's she's certainly not putting her kids – she's pretending she's putting her kids right. first. Right, right. But she's really not putting her kids first. Yeah.
1: Like, oh, yeah, this would be good for them because the schools are better. And it's like, well, that might be just a happy coincidence. If you mm-hmm. – if mm-hmm. your dude was in a place where the schools were worse
0: – Yes, I, I, don't I don't think that would have been yes, like I don't anything. Think, she said the schools are better in Atlanta. I don't know, and and then the other right. thing too is I don't know anything about schools. Yes, the schools, in or Atlanta, but yeah, right. but there's certainly also cases where you know you can move to a district where mm. the schools as a whole are really good, yeah. and your kids are in the worst one, which right. is not which is garbage, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that that had no bearing on her decision. No, it just is something not. where she's like, oh yeah, here's a reason I could put in my right like my excuses to do that sure
1: yeah so definitely more of a happy coincidence she did not consider her kids or how mm-hmm. any of this would really affect them
0: mhm
1: all right what about your life lesson
0: uh i mean my life lesson i'm going to go i'm going to well yeah i'm going to i'm going to it's multiple people i think andy i think savannah is you you do need to before you react to someone else mm-hmm. take some real deep introspection about whether you're lying to yourself or not right mm-hmm. like is the reason that I'm saying like the actual reason right does because we saw it with Andy right mm-hmm. is uh, am I saying this am I fooling myself am I am I am I doing that and certainly Savannah with the um you know oh this I'm doing this because I'm helping get out of prison yeah you are not like right, let, right. Like, you and you might be trying to fool us but I really do think both of these people are primarily trying to fool themselves
1: yeah yeah definitely uh mine is also inspired by andy you know um just to get the other person to say that things are good isn't resolving anything that doesn't
0: make them good no it it doesn't well and that's he also because he also does that thing whatever it is making Mm -hmm. someone say it's good making someone do, do whatever like if you got what you wanted by wearing them down yeah you didn't really get what you wanted you just got them to say to do something that they didn't mean so you would shut up
1: <laughs> right right yeah he's insufferable mm-hmm. okay so uh we will be back next week uh from different coasts again
0: <laughs> yes from different coasts again next week
1: yeah all right so until then all right
0: see so you ready then okay, okay Bye. bye